to the seventh episode of our podcast, Queer and Divine Conversations with Spirit and Pride. I'm your host, Anna Didesheim. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Today I'm joined by guest Tori Lynch. Tori is a junior here at Elon, but she would say her heart is in Boston, where she was born and raised. As an artist, Tori uses her talents to express and advocate for all things queer, feminist, and overall equality. Tori came out about two years ago and is embracing her personal intersection of queerness and spirituality. Tori, welcome. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you. I'm very excited. Okay, so jumping right in, um, I just want to talk, you know, I feel like we have a lot of episodes that are, you know, what's your religion, what's your sexuality, gender, how do they intersect, and the reason I was so excited to bring you on was because I feel like you have a very interesting story in terms of your path um, to figuring everything out and mm-hmm. the continuing, um, the continuous process of figuring everything out. So just to get started, I feel like, you know, talking a little bit about your background and how you grew up and growing up with religion. Um, yeah, I don't know. You want to Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I feel like that was actually a very good explanation. I feel like my path hasn't been, like, super traditional. Or maybe it is, and, like, people like me don't tend to share their stories. I don't know. But anyways, um, with religion, um, I was brought up Catholic. My whole family pretty much identifies as Irish Catholic, as you know. And I went to Catholic school from the time I was, like, in pre-K, like, fresh baby pre-K <laughs> to, like, 18 when I was a, a senior in high school. So I didn't really, like, question religion that much. Like, I I didn't know anyone from different backgrounds. Like, most of my friends were Catholic. I knew of other religions. I was educated on them, but I never got the chance to, like, put myself inside a different spiritual environment. So I never really questioned it, but overall, I would say I had a really positive experience growing up with Catholicism, and I think I'm blessed to be able to say that. I'm really lucky to be able to say that um, because I know, you know, even from just listening to your podcast, like, a lot of other people who grew up in really religious homes, like, don't have that experience, but... I think as a person who had a positive one, mine is unique, maybe, Um, but maybe not. I don't know. That's kind of why I'm sharing my story. Yeah, no, of course. And like, I kind of said to you when we first talked that I really wanted just the beginning for us to just talk about, we're not even talking about sexuality yet, Mm -hmm. like just talking about religion and spirituality um, before the intersection, you know, and... I thought it was really interesting how you talked about um, what it was like growing up in a homogenous kind of area Mm -hmm. um, where being Catholic was the norm. And like you said, that had a lot to do with going to the schools that you did. Absolutely. Um, But also that how do you know that there's anything different or that you're supposed supposed to or or you are allowed to think differently Mm. when you're in one kind of area? That is so true. That is so true. That, like, made me think of... I had a religion teacher in high school who I really loved, and he was saying in one class um, his own experience with being Catholic, being raised Catholic, and feeling like he wasn't allowed to venture outside of that or question it. Um, 
and he, I came to him at one point in I think my like junior year mm-hmm. and said, you know, like I honestly I got to a point where I was like the only reason I am Catholic right now is because of my environment. And something as important as God, which God has always been and still is very important to me uh, in my relationship with God. I was just like, I, I feel like my random chance of growing up in this area and going to these schools, like, that's not enough. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah. it didn't, I was like, I want to be in love with my vision of God and like my spirituality because I love it, not because I grew up in it, or not because I just by chance stumbled upon it. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. It's like, I mean, there's so many other areas that we see this when, you know, people our age, 20s, you know, late teens, whatever, are, in early 20s, are, like, I have these thoughts, and it might be okay to stray away from what I've always known to be the norm. Right. We know it's okay. Does that mean it's easy? No. Like, exactly. definitely not. And the reason why I talked to this teacher, his name is Mr. Stevenson. He's amazing. He went to Harvard Divinity School. Um, just super smart, open-minded. The reason I went to him was because I had, like, this massive sense of guilt that followed those questions. Because as a person who loves to learn, as a person who's curious, as a person who is creative... I wanted to explore that facet of my life and I felt like I was holding myself back from doing it. So naturally I go to Mr. Stevenson and he was like, he said the smartest thing ever. He was like, uh, a God who is so weak that he or she or they cannot face questions or face doubt is not really God because God is all knowing, all powerful, all loving. So if you think that, you know, God is shaming you or Hmm. mad at you or going to, you know, punish you for exploring your faith, like, maybe that's something that you need to think about. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. Like, God, as I know God to be, is all loving, all forgiving, all knowing, and god herself created humans so why wouldn't she or he or they like i said not understand that as humans we're curious we want to explore we want answers even if there aren't any physical like cold hard fact answers so that was something that definitely like started that exploration and that path to say okay like why don't i look around and that changed everything Once I started to explore other religions, nothing serious, um, but, like, even just meeting people with new religions, like, meeting you my freshman year, I was like, this is the first Jewish person in my life who I'm very close to, and that was, like, big for me, like, I, you know what I mean, like, I, I just had been so in my own, like, Catholic bubble that I didn't have the chance to talk to other people about their experiences with faith that were just as strong and profound as my experiences, but in a different setting. And so that changed my whole scope. And I kind of came to the assumption that, like, I believe God is real. I believe God is loving. And something bigger than 
we can really understand. But God is able to get to people and touch people and have relationships with people in different vessels, in different forms. Yeah. No, I mean, and I love that. And I think that, you know, going back a little bit, when you were talking about figuring everything out, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that we can both agree that putting a question mark on things started, that question mark started to get a little bit bigger and more prominent as you came to figure out and came to terms with your sexuality. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's like a fair um, statement? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that like kind of, it made me a whole lot more curious and just made the whole process a little bit more complex. Yeah. And then, okay, so putting religion aside for a second, Mm -hmm. just so everyone's clued in, um, figuring out your sexuality, you know, Mm -hmm. that difficult journey. um, What was it like? And I'm asking it this way to you for a reason. What was it like coming in terms with your sexuality? Like, what, what was your story? But what was it like in terms of your family and friends? But more importantly, mm-hmm. what was it like internally? That's a great question. Um, I think to go on like a kind of timeline, I started questioning my sexuality and beginning to be like, am I straight? I don't, I don't think that feels right. Yeah. When I was probably like 13 or 14, um, but I had never like really, it had never been a central question in my life, which like, I know this was kind of talked about in the podcast a little bit before, but I feel like a lot of gay people think that they have to be like, I knew from the second I was born, mm-hmm. I knew like from the womb, I knew I was gay. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I feel like I said that, um, in the meet your host, our very first episode, Yes, I said to Lily, you know, I feel sometimes like people are like, okay, come on, I've always known or, or so-and-so has always known. And I was like, I don't feel like I've always known. Yeah. It just started to grow more and more almost, you know? That's exactly how I felt. Like, I just kind of like had a few thoughts and then what really like made me seriously think about it was that like, I I met a girl and- she had feelings for me and I had feelings for her and we were really young. We were like 15 and I was like, okay, so I'm not straight because this is like, I can't stop thinking about her. Like I'm getting like butterflies and I'm like, this is not like typical for a straight girl. And (laughs) that's, that was kind of like the first like door I opened into figuring out my sexuality. And even from there on, like, you know, for a while I identified as bisexual, and for a while I identified as pansexual, for a while I just said queer, um, and let me be clear, at no point through that process was I like, I'm gay, I'm just gonna say this instead, like, I really didn't know, I was really just Yeah, when I, I mean, out. when I first met you freshman year, um, you identified as pansexual, mm-hmm. and I think as our relationship has progressed, you know, it I've seen you say you know I'm gay I'm queer okay maybe pan and then you kind of were just like listen like (laughs) I I just am I I think I'm attracted to people right yep um and 
you know, that's what matters. Yeah. And I appreciate yeah. that because that in itself takes a lot of confidence. Absolutely. I think like, and we've had conversations about this before, but like, it's really hard, I feel like, to not check the box of like, I'm gay or I'm straight. Because I feel like a lot of people intrinsically are very like we like things that fit into categories we like things that like you can check one box or the Mm -hmm. other and for me like for a while I was just like I just want to exist on the spectrum of things like I don't want to have to check a box and I think that's something that like definitely needs to be normalized more especially with like gender too not even just sexuality like I feel like we all need to be a little bit more comfortable of, like, not existing in just one area. It's a spectrum for a reason. And and I'm saying this because I feel like even within the queer LGBT community that, you know, when you're not out yet, you think it's like, you know, you're in the closet or you're out of the closet. Yeah. And then once you're kind of in the community, there's so many more boxes to check. But if we preach this that everyone's on a spectrum in terms of, sexuality gender whatever right then let it be a spectrum right like why are we so obsessed with being like but what are you really but what do you prefer but is it 50 50 i mean it's what we know it's like how our brains work which is hard exactly Um, and i mean and not to stop that that conversation which i feel like we could go on and on about but (laughs) what was it like for you to come out like you said you grew up in a very catholic area um Mm. And yes, you had positive experiences, but what was it like to come out to your mom and dad, um, your sister and your best friend, you know, kind of what were those experiences Mm -hmm. like, Um, which I know you could probably talk about for a long time, but if you could sum that up a little bit for us. Absolutely. I think like, first of all, main takeaway, I thought like there was going to be a third world war. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, the end of the world when I came out. Like, I'm talking about, like, as a 15-year-old. Like, as soon as I had my first relationship with a girl, as soon as I knew I was attracted to women, like, I was just like, oh, my God, I can never tell anyone. And I think, like, instinctively I thought that because, honestly, because of media. I feel like that's a really common trope in, like, Mm. films and TV that, like, you know, it has to be stressful and anxiety-inducing, and it has to be, like, this weight. And to some extent, it was a weight, right? Because, like, I I didn't know gay people. I didn't know that it was okay. I didn't know that it was even a thing to be gay and Catholic. So I just didn't see, like, I didn't know what intersectionality was. I didn't know that that was okay and that there were other people who were also queer and spiritual or queer and catholic and um but as far as like what it actually was like versus like what I built it up to be in my head yeah by the time I came out I was like 19 if we're talking about to my family Mm -hmm. and I had a really good experience and I'm really really thankful that it went the way it did how was it coming out to, I know you came out to your mom first. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what was that? What was that like? So I came out to my mom two times. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was 16 
And it happened because I was really, really heartbroken and I wanted my mommy. And (laughs) that's a common story, I feel like, that a lot of people won't admit. But I um, had broken up with the first girl that I dated and I was experiencing heartbreak for like the first time. And I just wanted no one else's support but my mom's. And so... I remember we were in the car and I started crying or I was like doing something really mundane. I don't even know. I think we were on the way home from school and I was like, mom, I feel so bad. I lied to you. And I remember she pulled over the car at Carson beach and she was like, what do you mean you lied? And I was like, I, I lied to you. I'm, I'm dating someone and I just broke up and I'm like shattered. Like I I need your help. I need like a hug from my mom. And she was like, what do you mean you lied to me? Like, I didn't know you were dating someone, but... And I was like, mom, like, I was dating a girl and blah, blah, blah. It all just came out. (laughs) Yeah, it was like just pure word vomit. And I was so anxious. And she was just like, Victoria, I love you. Like, you're my baby. Did you... No, and that's that's exactly like, again, like not... (laughs) Not to bring up my story again, but there is so many similarities, and yeah. I feel like, um, I don't know, I just, I get that. That's the way I came out to my mom the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. But like you said, the first time. So, did you kind of clarify to her and be like, I'm bisexual? So, no. So, she had, you know, she had a really great response. She was like, you're my baby. I love you. Like, you're perfect. Like, God made you. And that was another thing that really, like, it made it more okay for me. Because hearing my mom, who is, has been Catholic her whole life and always will be, mm-hmm. hearing her say, like, you're my baby, God made you this way, and I love you because he made you this way, that, like, put my heart at peace to some extent, to hear yeah. my mom say that. And it was really a beautiful moment. But she did ask me, she was like, so are you gay? Are you, like, what what's going on yeah and in short I basically said I have no idea I don't know all I know is that I had this experience and I am pretty sure that I'm bisexual and she was like okay all right like that you know what that's okay with me like figure it out um and she did say I remember her saying like I you know it's all right if you know a year from now or however long from now you realize that you don't like women or Mm. you know something of that nature Mm -hmm. um and she was like you know like I think the more it's being normalized the more people are like exploring it and it's not gonna be you know like the case that everyone who explores their sexuality is gay and I kind of although I like understand what she was saying at the time, I took that as, please don't be gay. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, and I feel like, no, because it was like, and, and knowing your mom, it was the more that, um, you know, we as young adults understand our sexuality and educate ourselves, we educate our parents in a right, certain, to, right. for most people. Absolutely. So her intent was so pure, but again, it's exposure and education Absolutely. that perhaps the words weren't exactly there. And when you're so raw and vulnerable in that moment, it's scary. Oh, absolutely. And like, she was nothing but loving and warm and proud that I had had the courage to tell her. 
But I think she was just saying, like, you know, I was 15 or 16 or however old. Like, I think she was just saying, like, you'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be worried about it. Exactly. So I came back to her three years later. Yeah. And I was like, "Um, so that wasn't the end of that. I have something else to tell you. I'm gay. (laughs) Like, and that was when we first started dating. So same thing. I was like, okay, there's someone important in my life who I'm in a relationship with and I want my mom to know her and I want my family to be clued in into this part of my life and who I am. And so that happened and she was like, okay, I still love you. You're still my baby. Like nothing, nothing's going to change that. And I'm proud of you. Um, and I told her, you know, I want to tell dad and I'm really, really worried (laughs) because every one of my family my sister, my cousins, who I'd all come out to as gay at that point, mm-hmm. um, they were like, ooh, have you told your dad? Like, they they were kind of hyping me up for it Yeah. in preparation that it would be really awkward and weird and that maybe he wouldn't have as progressive, I guess, a, of a response as I would have hoped or they would have hoped. And so a few months later... My dad and I are looking for parking in Boston, which, like, we do that all the time. It was totally (laughs) casual. Um, And he parked, and I remember I was like, before we go in, like, can I, can we talk? And he was like, yeah, what's up? And this was on some break freshman year, and I was like, you know, told him. And he was like, you know, I saw him tear up, and I was like, oh my goodness, because my dad never tears up. (laughs) I've seen him cry like once and this was like the one time and he was like I I am so sorry if you felt like you couldn't tell me sooner hmm. because I oh this is gonna make me cry he said um I love you and I never want you to feel like <laughs> I never want you to feel like you have to hide yourself from anyone especially me I never want you to make yourself small I never want you to feel like you are less than anyone else, especially for your sexuality, because, you know, love is the heart of our family and what we believe in. And I totally believe he was talking about our, you know, family's history of being Catholic, Mm. um, because the main lesson I took away from them as a, you know, when I was growing up was that we love all and we accept all and we, um, we welcome all regardless of anything like that and so to hear him say you know not only am I so proud and not only do I want you to be proud of yourself but you have to know that you know as we raised you you already have that instilled in you and we just need you to act on it we need you to love yourself we need you to be proud enough to tell everyone else when you're ready you know there was no push Um, And they really said, you know, both of them, like, you take the lead. We want you to take the lead. Um, And we will follow and we will be, you know, cheering you on behind you. And since then, they have. They have. Yeah, 100%. And while I think there's still some layers of, like, I wouldn't say, like, discomfort at all, but, like, maybe some tension just in terms of, you know, when I post with you on Instagram, like, yeah. my aunties will call my mom and be like, you know, is that her 
her like girlfriend or her like girlfriend girlfriend because that's a whole thing like yeah. is, does girlfriend mean friend or girlfriend and just to say can we like get rid of like calling girlfriends like like <laughs> no yeah you have friend. to you have to say it twice to like really mean it's like the relationship kind of girlfriend right exactly yeah. exactly so I was like no that's my that's my girlfriend girlfriend that's not my buddy yeah and, yeah um so it was it was great and and my aunties know now and my cousins and they've all been just really cool about it they just want to know what's important to me you know they're not like picking me apart with questions they're just like you know, we want to know what's important to you. I love that. Yeah. And I'm happy for you. Um, not to switch into a different question, but, you know, I've been eager to ask you and talk about this. Um, when we were talking, I was like, what should we kind of talk about? I kept having this, like, visual of a question mark. So I decided that this would be kind of called our big question mark. Um so what I find so interesting is the way you're able to acknowledge the discomfort um, of Catholicism yeah, um, in regards to your queerness, but the way that you come back to the traditions of Catholicism in scary times, um, in ter- you know, just the world that we're in right now, yeah. there's a lot of scariness, and you come back to what you know to be true in terms of prayers and um, and, and your roots, and it's really admirable. Thank you. At the same time, you know, how do you allow yourself to hold the space for traditional Catholicism and those practices while acknowledging that maybe, and correct me if this is not fair to say, but that that's not your strongest identity anymore. It is, Mm. it is your roots. Maybe it's not your present. And so how do you allow yourself to have that kind of traditional Catholicism while practicing new forms of spirituality and religion? That is such a good question. I think, like, the reason why I'm able to say, you know, this might feel uncomfortable and that's okay is because I had so many mentors in high school and up to now that, like, have taught me it is okay. It is okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because I've had the experience of meeting you know, so many different people from different backgrounds who really believe, no matter what faith they are, that God is loving um, and that God is, you know, accepting of all because he created us all. And so I find a lot of comfort in that. And I think the reason why I'm able to be okay with saying, okay, yes, like my, my roots are Catholic. My like origin is, comes from, you know, a really Catholic place, a really Irish place. Um, I was always taught, you know, since I was really little, all through high school, all my time in Catholic environments, that God is love. God is the embodiment of love and acceptance. And so whenever I do feel that discomfort of, you know, is, is it okay that I'm looking at other spiritualities and involving, you know, different religious practices in my life? Is it okay that I'm... I'm gay and I'm in a really committed and loving relationship with a woman. Like, is that all right? Every time I get into that headspace and have those questions, I'm always anchored by that, that concept Mm. that God is loving, that God is accepting, that God made me the way I am for a reason. Um, And not to cut you off, but like, I feel like the best example just to, you know, clue everyone in, clue everyone in 
is during COVID and during this election and everything, Mm -hmm. I saw you kind of switch off between, there was moments of prayer, Mm -hmm. prayers that you knew from growing up Mm -hmm. that you needed to say and repeat because you knew that God was listening. Right. And what you've said to me is, you know, it's scary if, if you're not praying in that way, is God, can God still hear you? <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's finally, you know, at the age of 21 where I see that you're able to sit down and pray if you need that. But then moments later, you will also meditate and practice mindfulness mm-hmm. and set intentions in a way that's, that's less um, traditional right, right. and Catholic. Right. but you find a comfort and then balance. And that is the pure reason I wanted people to hear your story is that it is truly remarkable the way that you find comfort in the, in the gray space, because we know the gray space as, as so scary. Right. Right. Um, and to be honest, like, and maybe this is you growing up in Boston. Mm. Um, but growing up in the South, I didn't, I didn't know from people, honestly, who had Christian Catholic backgrounds Mm. who were so open. That's not to say everybody, but for the majority, that is what I knew. Um, And to me, you know, you and like your best friend and like, like Abby and and Molly and all, all your people back home, Mm -hmm. I was like, they didn't even have a second thought. They really didn't. And were so welcoming to me and still either hold some of their Catholic roots currently or, again, it's their roots. Right, right, right. But it wasn't any question because I feel like y'all going to that same high school were taught so much love. Right. And I see all of you exploring different places and supporting each other in that. Yeah. But, again, it just goes back to, like, there's a very – I hold a lot of respect for this – scary acknowledging the scary gray place but also finding comfort in it right right and I think like I give my friends credit because you know first of all they were never never had a second thought like you said about my sexuality and honestly when I did tell them they were like "Mm, yeah like (laughs) (laughs) of course like we knew (laughs) and like you know our our attitude towards you hasn't changed the amount we love you has not changed like we're not comfortable around you. Like we love you. Like yeah. you're ours. You're our family. Um, I give them credit too because like they all kind of share a similar mindset to me that like it's okay to explore. It's okay to claim another religion entirely. And that's so important to have people around you that are supportive. And unfortunately, we see that that isn't always the case. Right. But we go back to and and Doctor um, Lynn Huber said this in her episode is sometimes and most of the time you see this in the queer community that you make your own family that's not to say that you still don't love your own family and maybe that isn't the case maybe you have to make a whole new family but you find a space and you create your families for people who love and support you right and it's like I just have to acknowledge that because we see that time and time again in so many of our podcasts yeah I agree and I think like The bottom line for me to anyone listening who is like, you know, has a similar experience to me or completely different, but relates to the feeling of like not wanting to explore that like gray space that we keep going back to. 
you are allowed to take what you need. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, when it comes to religion, you can't pick and choose or you can't um, take a little bit of both. And while I understand that, if you're someone who comes from, you know, a conservative space and holds conservative beliefs, I genuinely think, you know, it is okay to take what you need from spirituality, from religion, explore, find out what feels right to you. Um, Because we're human. Like, we're human. It's okay. Like, if you believe in a loving God, God is going to understand. Usually at the end, I ask you any advice, but I feel like we, a little bit ago, you gave some really great advice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, all that being said, I think this is all the time we have for today. I want to thank you so much for taking the time and space to come and share your story with me and everyone today. Um, it was great having you. Thank you so much. So listen in next time for episode eight, where Lily will be joined by fellow Elon student Paige Wilson. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen in with us. Y'all can find us on Instagram at Elon Spirit and Pride. This has been Queer and Divine Conversations with Spirit and Pride.